0: Thanks for that. Good morning BCA, great to have you in church with us today. How about uh, a hand one more time for Matty McDonald? it's beautiful. And I appreciate the uh, Fowler family. Mark Fowler, uh, if you ever get tired of your current profession, you may have a future in radio. Did you hear uh, that voice? Boom, it's good. Need to have him do an announcement. Well, uh, uh, my name is John, I'm one of the pastors here on staff at BCA, Uh, just thrilled to be uh, uh, worshiping with you. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but there are 15 days until Christmas. Now there's two kinds of people. The fir- there's a first group that hears that news and there's a little there's a mild panic that sets in, kind of tighten up a little bit. And then there's another group that uh, hears that and says, "Oh, okay." And then I guess it's time to do some shopping. No big deal. I don't, which one are you? I'm part of the second group, and I think Pastor Danny is also. Well, we're going to continue in our series uh, looking at the names of God found in Isaiah Um, 9-6. This is uh, found in the book of Isaiah, which was written about 700 years before Christ. And this was written in a very difficult period during Israel's history. The nation was deeply divided. Um, and it, at the same time, they were facing a very real threat uh, from an Assyrian army, which uh, seemed to be growing stronger and stronger by the day. And this uh, situation left the nation of Israel feeling vulnerable and feeling powerless. And uh, really questioning if God had forgotten them completely. And it was in this moment that God sent the prophet Isaiah with a powerful message of hope. And this message wasn't just for Israel, it was for all of mankind. Uh, Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 is a messianic prophecy. uh, And it is a promise from God saying, help is on the way. Uh, the Savior, the King of Heaven, the Son of God, Jesus Christ is coming to save a lost and a dying world. How many of you are glad? Uh, let's read this together And uh, uh, Isaiah 9-6. For us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God... Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Last week, Pastor Danny spoke on the supernatural wisdom of Jesus Christ. Uh, today, we're going to focus on the infinite power uh, of Jesus Christ. And uh, it says, uh, He shall be called, He will be called El Gabor, which is in the original Hebrew means mighty God. It's so, you know, it's so easy for us uh, in this broken world to lose heart, to become weary, and there's so many things that can make us feel vulnerable and make us feel powerless. And maybe you're here today and you're facing some seemingly impossible situation. I'm so glad that you're here. And I want to tell you today that Jesus Christ has all the power that you need. Um, And we're going to talk today about three specific ways that uh, each and every one of us can experience uh, his incredible power in our lives. The first thing I want you to know is that Jesus has the power to save you. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16, the Apostle Paul writes, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. What does that word "gospel" means? It mean it means good news. The good news is summed up in John 3:16 and 17. it says, "For God so loved the world, that He gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world." through him. Friends, this isn't just a verse that we a nice verse that we memorize in Sunday school. John 3:16 is jet fuel for your soul. John 3:16 will feed you for a lifetime. What is what are the implications? Uh, what what does this verse mean? It means that God is not angry with you. It means that God that he loves you. That you are precious and priceless to him. It means that God, uh, you mean everything to him, and he wants to mean everything to you. Uh, Think about the depth of God's love. No father has ever loved a son the way God the Father loves his son, Jesus Christ. This is an infinite love. It's an eternal love. It's a perfect love. And yet, God gave his only son. Why did he do that? He did it for you, and he did it for me. Jesus Christ uh, left, on a, uh, left the glory of heaven on a rescue mission. He endured indescribable pain, humiliation, loneliness, and suffering. Why did he do it? Because you mean that much. He did that for you and for me. I want to tell you today that no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, no matter what you've done, that there's a God in heaven that loves you completely, that he wants to spend, he wants to forgive you, he wants to spend eternity with you. God wants you in his family. He wants you in his heaven. Uh, He wants to cleanse you of all of your sin and forgive you completely. Is that good news? Uh, God wants to have a loving, growing, deeply satisfying personal relationship with you and with me forever. That's what John 3.16 is all about. And by the way, that's what, uh, that's what BCC, the Bethany Compassion Center, is all about. It's about sharing this message of hope, identifying critical needs in the community, and there are many. Uh, and finding ways to, to, uh, to meet these needs. Why? So that we can uh, have an opportunity to share this life-changing message of salvation through Jesus Christ. It's why we do everything we do. If you're a part of it, if you're currently uh, serving and participating and supporting the work of BCC, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. God is changing lives. He's changing the trajectory of people's lives for eternity. And uh, so I want to thank you for that. If you're not involved and you'd like to be, love to talk to you after church. Love to talk to you after church anyways. Uh, Jesus Christ has the power to save your soul. He has the power to give you eternal life if you trust in him. My good friend Rick uh, made that decision uh, to trust in Christ uh, and I'd like to invite you to hear his story with me.
1: Hi, I'm Rick Halton. I want to tell you the story of my salvation. In 1970, I was a drug abusing, immoral, lonely person. I was uh, bought into the hippie lie. Well, some people who knew Jesus, some ex-hippies, came to me and my friends and shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with us. A month or two later, the Holy Spirit came upon me and He said, you need Jesus. And I said, yes, I do. The Holy Spirit opened my eyes to show me that this world is just a temporary place. He told me to go to the coffee house where they knew Jesus there. so. I got up and started walking to this coffee house. On the way, the Holy Spirit said, you need to be baptized. So when I got to the coffee house, I saw this brother, Dwayne Green, who had shared the gospel with me, and I told him I needed to be baptized. He said, what's going on? What happened? So I told him my story. That night, I moved into the coffee house with him and some other brothers, and my life was totally changed. I had a knowledge that Jesus was real, that God was real, that I had a hope, I had joy, I had peace, I had a purpose in life that I'd never had before. I knew I was God's child then. So that was 50 years ago, and it's been 50 years of getting closer and closer to the Father, to Jesus Christ and learning how to be like Christ and that's what I'm doing until this day.
0: (laughs) Can we praise God for that? When Rick gave his life to Jesus Christ, a celebration took place in heaven. When you give your life to Jesus, when anyone gives their life to Jesus, all of heaven rejoices. Nothing more incredible than when a soul is saved and come on, someone comes to know Jesus Christ. Never underestimate the power of the gospel and never underestimate the power of your testimony. Your testimony matters. Jesus has the power to save you and the uh, point number two, Jesus Christ has the power to heal you. In Jeremiah 32, 17, it says, Ah, oh, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power an outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Again and again we see Jesus uh, healing people in the New Testament. He He healed minds, He healed hearts, He healed physical bodies, He even raised the dead. Human suffering is incredibly important to Jesus. He spent a great deal of time during his earthly ministry uh, healing people and ministering to uh, their suffering. Another uh, story that I want to share with you is uh, uh, if you haven't met uh, Pastor Zain Palo Alto, he leads our Spanish uh, congregation, Batania, and uh, uh, Pastor Zain has a powerful testimony of healing. Uh, Let's let's listen together. Uh,
2: My name's Zain. Um... And my healing story starts when I was 13 years old. I was in a bicycle accident where I injured my head and had a major concussion. And then from the age of about 13 to 14, I became an epileptic where I had full grand mal seizures, would fall on the ground and dealt with that for about three years. Then the sickness or illness uh, transformed or changed into what's called partial seizures, where I would lose focus and would zone out for about two to three minute segments. I went to so many neurologists, went through so many studies, uh, went through so many doctor's visits. Um, At the end, they prescribed a medication called dilatin. This was a medication that I had to take morning and night. And The hard part about taking this medication was it said on the warning label, it will kill your liver eventually. So I was taking this medication for this sickness while knowing that I'm killing my liver while taking this medication and I dealt with this illness for 10 years, 10 to 12 years it was at the age of 25 after being praying for healing for so long and asking God to do something in my life and, and to change you know, this, this sickness that I had, it took 10 to 12 years where finally I gave up on praying for it and I just said God you do what you need to do you're in control and and no matter what happens you're still God and it came to a uh, Monday night um, praying in the living room with friends um, in college and while we were praying um they laid hands on me and and I just said you know whatever the Lord wants to do and they knew the illness I was dealing with and my friends started to pray for me and uh, as they laid hands on me I remember just praying in the living room and said God your will be done um I I believe that you're the healer, but even if you don't heal me, you're still God. And when we were praying, all I remember feeling is just a heat sensation starting from my feet all the way up to my head, and I I can't explain it other than, than just that. I just felt like a warming sensation, and I just felt the Holy Spirit tell me, you're healed. In that moment, you're healed. And while my friends were praying for me, they kept saying, God's gonna answer this prayer and you will be a living, walking testimony. I clung to that word, I, I took it with all my heart and I said, okay, I booked the soonest appointment I could get at Virginia Mason Medical Center to meet with my neurologist, which was two days later. And I drove myself down there, I got down there, they did all the studies that they had done on me before. And the incredible thing is to see the look on the doctor's face when he comes in and he's looking over his notes and he's just staring at me and he says i can't explain this he said there's no trace of any neurological damage in your brain there's no trace of epilepsy i don't know what to say all i remember in that moment was just tears coming down my eyes and i was just saying i I know who it was and i believe in jesus christ who healed me the doctor said you can believe what you want but i have nothing to explain this. So that is my healing story where Jesus came in and 10 years later, he healed me from epilepsy.
0: Jesus Christ is mighty God. He has the power to, heal, to save us and he has the power to heal us. And uh, uh, what an incredible story. What an incredible uh, miracle that God worked for Pastor Zayin. And, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's probably many here. How many of you with a raised hand could say, I have experienced uh, God's uh, supernatural healing in my own life with, uh, with a show of hands? Uh, there's a lot of hands that go up. And, uh, you know, Jesus is, is working. Jesus is impacting lives uh, right now. And uh, we praise God for this. We praise God, uh, never get tired of miracles. Um, We praise God for the the times that he intervenes and the times that that he brings healing, uh, when he eases suffering and pain in in people's lives. But the reality is, uh, God doesn't always heal us in this life. He doesn't always ease our suffering and our pain. In Mark chapter 1, verse 32 through 34, uh, it says that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. Did you catch that? It says that all the sick came, and Jesus healed many. It doesn't say that everyone was healed. It says that many uh, were healed. Jesus didn't remove everyone's pain and suffering in the New Testament, and he, and he isn't healing everyone now, at least not the way that we want and uh, when we want. When we, uh, in John chapter 11, we find a family in crisis. Uh, Mary, a woman named Mary, a woman named Martha, uh, had a brother named Lazarus, and Lazarus became very sick. They were uh, very close with Jesus, who was in a different location. And in desperation, they sent a message to Jesus, uh, asking him, pleading with him to come and help their brother Lazarus. And it says in, in, as you read John 11, you'll see that when Jesus heard the news, he stayed where he was for two more days. Why did he do that? Why did he make that decision? Is it because he was indifferent to their pain? Is it because he was uncaring? absolutely not nothing could be further from the truth he waited for two more days, and then, he, and then he made his way towards the home of, of Lazarus, Mary, Martha. By the time that Jesus arrived, uh, Lazarus had been dead for four days. And he found Mary and Martha, and they were devastated. They were grieving. They were weeping. And it's here in John 11.35 that we find the shortest verse in the Bible, and in my opinion, one of the most powerful verses in the Bible. It says, when Jesus came and saw Mary and Martha... And what the condition it says, Jesus wept. John, that's that's the NIV version. The John Simpson version is it crushed him, their pain crushed him. It was, uh, it, God cares deeply about the pain in our lives, He cares deeply about the things that you're going through, He cares deeply about uh, um, the struggles, the challenges, and the deep pain that we experience in this world. When he got there, uh, he found Mary and uh, Martha. Um, you know, why did he wait two days? It's an important question. When he came on the scene, he, he waited. Jesus came with an eternal purpose. Jesus Christ came to save our souls. He came to give us eternal life. He came to give us eternal healing. And as he arrived on the scene at, uh, where Lazarus was where this family was, uh, he, he walked up to the tomb where Lazarus was, and we see the words, he said, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus, after four days, walked out of that tomb. That's the power of our God. That's the power of Jesus Christ. And uh, through that miracle, it it was obvious, it, it was clear, it would be clear to Mary, to Martha, obviously to the others that gathered there. And it's clear to you and I today that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. He's the Son of God. He does have the power to save us. He does have the power to heal us. He has power to give us eternal life and eternal healing Jesus came, uh, uh, he met their need, and he worked a miracle in that moment. But the, the message was, the true message was that Jesus is the savior of the world, that he does have the power to give us eternal life. And that message uh, came through loud and clear. God is a good God, he's, wi- he's wise, he's sovereign. He's, he has infinite power and perfect love. Sometimes in this life he heals us, And sometimes he doesn't. But I want you to know that if you're a child of God, if you belong to Jesus Christ, uh, and if you ask Jesus for healing, the answer is never no. It's either yes or it's not now. If If you ask Jesus to heal you, you will experience healing. Whether it's in this life or the life to come in eternity, you will experience the healing power of Jesus Christ. Is that good news? Revelation chapter 21, verse 3 through 4 says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their god he will wipe away every tear from their eyes there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away if you belong to Jesus Christ your healing is coming if you don't experience it in this life you're going to experience it for all of eternity and eternity is what what matters the most? Do we want to experience freedom and uh, healing from the things that we suffer in this life? Absolutely, but it's the it's eternal life, it's eternal healing that is that is uh, that that is so critically important. What do we do? What do we do when God chooses not to heal us? Uh, in this life, or when we're waiting for some sort of healing. How do we respond as Christians? This brings us to point number three. Jesus Christ has the power to transform us. 2 Peter 1 3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. This speaks to the supernatural power that God provides for us in all areas, the supernatural power that He provides uh, uh, in all areas of our character. But I want to narrow this down with you a bit in light of the previous question, namely, how do we as Christians respond to suffering? Does this verse mean in part that God has given us all the power we need to stand in the midst of great pain? Yes, it does. John sixteen thirty three. Jesus said, in the world, you will have trouble. And trouble, as we know, comes in many forms. And none of us are immune. We all suffer. I do. You do. We all do. In this world, you will have trouble. But Jesus said, take heart, for I have overcome this world. Maybe you're facing something incredibly difficult in your life right now. Maybe you have been for a long time. Uh, Sometimes there are issues in our lives. There's challenges. There's uh, suffering that's so painful that it's difficult to put into words. We live in a fallen, broken world, and sometimes we experience pain that's so profound that it changes us. And many of you know what I'm talking about. The last thing that I want to do is to minimize your pain. That's the opposite of what I wanna communicate. Uh, Your pain is critically important to God. It matters to God. I'm not here to minimize your pain. I won't do that and certainly Jesus won't do that. But I want you to know uh, that there's a God in heaven that sees you, he loves you, he cries with you, he hurts with you. I want you to know that as difficult as your pain is in this life, there is a God provides a way God provides a way for us for you and for me how do we face pain and suffering the pain and suffering that we experience and not be defeated by it and let me tell you I've won and lost this battle um how do, we, how do we walk through it? How do we uh, receive the supernatural help? How do we endure? How do we stand? How do we make our way through this without letting pain and suffering defeat us? Our revelation of God's love must be greater than our pain. Let me say that again. Our revelation of God's love must be greater than Than our pain. Pastor Zayn's testimony was powerful. And there were two messages there, at least two. Number one, God has the power to heal. Number two, God's love can carry us through any storm, through anything that we face in this life. After 10 years of suffering with seizures and pain, uh, Zayn prayed, God, I know you can heal me. I'm asking you to heal me. I'm believing you for it. But even if you don't, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to worship you. Why? Because I know who you are. How could he say this? Uh, His revelation of God's love was greater than his pain. And his pain was immense. Corey Ten Boom, uh, many of you are familiar uh, with her. Uh, She was someone that endured uh, some of the, uh, uh, the most horrific experiences in human history. She survived a Nazi concentration camp. Uh, she was beaten. She was starved. She saw uh, many, most of her family members murdered throughout that time. And she came through that and came out the other side. And she said, There's no pit that's so deep that God isn't still deeper. Yeah. How does she say that? How does she do that? Her revelation of God's love was greater than her pain. It's incredible. You see, uh, to make a statement like, to endure something like that and to come out the other side standing in faith, believing in Christ with joy in your heart, how does that happen? It wasn't based on feelings. This is much, much deeper. There's a supernatural revelation of God's love at the soul level. Feelings are great. They're wonderful. They're a gift. But they have their limits, and they can be misleading at times. The revelation of God's incredible love that truly transforms us, that's a deeper work, and it takes place at the soul level. You say, well, what about me? Is it possible for me? Yes. How does this happen? Intimacy, time with God, time alone with Almighty God. As you spend more and more time with him, a supernatural work takes place, You begin to, uh, as you spend time, as you press in, uh, in the midst of pain and suffering, good times, bad times, everything in between, as we walk with Jesus and we press in and spend time with his presence every day, something incredible happens, a miracle happens, a supernatural work happens. We begin to understand and experience how wonderful he is. And we begin to understand and, and experience how extraordinary he is. And uh, uh, we, be, we can come to a point and to a place where his love for us becomes so far outweighs uh, the things we're going through. His love for us uh, overshadows everything in our life, even our, our worst pain. Our, our revela- revelation of God's love must outweigh our pain. I've won and lost this battle. I'm not here to say you need to be strong in your faith like me. That's not the last thing that I want to say. What I want to say is we're the family of God. We have a father that loves us. We have a God that cares deeply about everything in our life. And he wants to do all of life with us. He wants to laugh with us, cry with us, hurt with us. Uh, He wants us to bring our needs to him every moment of every day. I encourage you to do that today. God, uh, uh, is, is God loves us more than we could ever understand. Jesus, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, he was literally sweating drops of blood. He was agonizing over what was to come. His, his, uh, uh, he was very soon going to be arrested, tortured, and crucified on a Roman cross. And he was agonizing and praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. He didn't pray, Father, if you love me, please take this cup. Why? Because uh, he, had, he, he knew the Father so intimately, so personally. He knew, who, he knew the Father's love. And uh, he prayed, if possible, take this cup. If there's no other way, God, if this is your will, I'll do it. Why? Because I know, Father, who you are. Because of the cross, you and I can have a personal, intimate relationship with God Almighty. You and I can know this extraordinary, transformational love. What do you need most today? What, are you, what is God speaking into your heart today? If you've never accepted Jesus, I encourage you to invite him into your life today. Invite him into your heart. Ask him to forgive you of, of your sins. And uh, he will do that. He will meet you today. And he'll change your life forever. Maybe you're here today and you need uh, healing of some kind, mental, emotional, or physical healing. Let's lift up our needs together and let's trust God. He invites us to do that. No matter how big the need is, no matter how small the need is, no matter what's happening in your life, we can approach and the throne of God together and say, we need your help. I need your help. Please move in my life. It's our God wants us to ask and to trust him. And it's his, uh, and he is the one that answers and responds in perfect love in infinite wisdom. Jesus Christ has all the power that we need. He came the first time and he's coming again. And we want to, let's run together. Let's serve him together. Let's trust him together. Let's lift up our needs together. If you're hurting and you're down and you're suffering and you're struggling as your brother in Christ, I want to walk with you and pray with you and believe God with you. And, when I, and, and the opposite is true. I absolutely need the family of God. I absolutely need uh, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Jesus said this to you and to me. Uh, in, in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Paul writes, uh, he says, My grace is... Is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. God has the grace that we need. He has the power that we need. He has the love that we need. I don't know what's happening in your life today. I don't know your whole story. But we're going to sing a song together, and uh, Pastor Rob's going to come and close the service. And I want to invite you. What is God speaking into your heart today? What do you need most today? I want to invite you to come forward. I'm going to invite the prayer team to come forward at this time. We're going to sing. And I I just want to encourage you today. God sees you. He loves you. He wants you to come to him with every need in your life. Let's do that together. God bless you, church.